Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. It's called Script Shop because we talk to screenwriters about their scripts. Hi, my name is Jack, and my ears are red hot right Mm, now. mm -hmm. And they do this, and I hate it. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Well, my name's Allison, Mm -hmm. and my hair is red hot right now. That's true. Boom. And it's not, and and you're... I don't hate it. No, you shouldn't, nor should you. Thank you. It's uh, you're, it's, it's it's working for you well. I'm I'm I, something happens uh, where it's like sometimes my blood thins out and yeah. I don't I don't know if it's an allergic reaction or blood? what. I do. I just haven't in a while because you'll pass out. No, that's no problem. Because you don't like getting free cookies. I do. I just haven't taken the time, and now that I'm feeling like I'm being guilted into it, you I know, feel like I should. No, I mean positive. Mm, that's like the most common blood type there is, which means the most people need it. Right. That means you could really help. I could. I yeah. could really you make could, my mark. <laughs> you could really help. All right. Well, I'll be contacting Hawksworth Blood Center tomorrow <laughs> to make an appointment. And you know what? They will never leave you alone after that. That's okay. They that's shouldn't because the I, I have plenty. I have plenty of love to give. I give. I give blood occasionally, and then I get phone calls nonstop. Sure. And when I was pregnant, you can't give blood. And so I was oh, really? like, I'm sorry, I'm pregnant. And they were like, oh, really? When are you not going to be pregnant? And I was like, <laughs> oh, you guys are very aggressive. You know, it's so weird. It's going to be indeterminate, and I'm really not I sure. I don't know. Tell you what, here's the thing. How about I call you, and <laughs> it'll be fine after Ugh. that. So welcome to Script Shop. Hi, everybody. My name is Allison, as I said before. This is the podcast, as Jack said before, where we talk to screenwriters about their exciting things that they've written mm-hmm. and why they're the only person in the whole world, in the whole universe, and all of the universes combined. Since the dawn of time. That could have possibly written the story that we're exploring on the show. Here's the thing, folks. We're on episode 83. 83, which means... We have talked to 83 different writers. Yes, about we have. 83 different I would say scripts. Plus, because some of them are duos. Yes, sure. Okay, yeah. So even just, more. you know, just to be technical. But here. We, we've, we've talked to, to writers about 83 different scripts, and that's 83 different universes where they're the only ones that could have done this thing. Yeah. And, you know, and it's true. It holds up. Along. It's very cool. So if you want to be a part of this storytelling, you can send your script into scriptshopshow.com slash submit where we will uh, review your script, get in touch. Um, If you have and you're waiting, thank you for your patience. We have thousands of scripts that we're getting through Mm -hmm. since we started the show, and so it's taking us a bit of time. Um, You can also check us out online. Was that almost a burp? It was so (laughs) close. Oh, folks, we came so close to a burp happening on the show right then. Frank! This close. (laughs) The hand came up, the fingers like just sort of barely blocked the lips, and then... Now Nothing. I'm turning red. I'm so, oh yeah. <laughs> now I'm turning red. Uh, folks, also, if you want to support the show financially, uh, you can do so by. I didn't uh, finish what I was saying, I thought, Jack. I thought that's where you were going. I was going with Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Oh, and if they wanted to talk to us about burping, they could do it on there. Well, and if they are on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, what should they, what should our fans look up? They should look up Script Shop Show. Yes, they should. And also, I thought you were going to the Patreon route. <laughs> uh, if you do want to support the show financially, we would love that. And uh, there is an opportunity for you to do that if you go on to patreon.com and search Script Shop Show. 
<sighs> okay, so so close, folks. I, it was so close. I'm glad it didn't happen. I ah. never lived it down. It's like that time I was eating during a promo, and you're like, "What are you doing?" You're straight up, like, are you eating? You were eating like this nuts. This is a radio, uh, or like Doritos, or yeah, some right. Kind of chips, or crunching. Something. <laughs> so we are very excited um, for today's writer. We have Vaslov J. Rice. He has sent in a short script called Don't Call It a Relapse. It is a 12-page narcotic-infused family train wreck. It is a 12-page homage to LL Cool J's song, Don't Call It a Comeback. No, that one, I'm just kidding. Is it? No, not at all. That was a, just something that I... I was that, like, this is cool. No, 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 no. That was my first thought before I wrote before I read the script and I was reading it. I thought, oh, don't call it a relapse. Oh, I wonder if there's some sort of homage to LL in this. But definitely not. It's just, that's just where my Okay, okay. Went. You're a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, we should probably bring him on to the show. Yes, we have Vazlov with us in studio. Thanks very much, man, for sending us your work. Oh, no problem. And tolerating my incredibly awful segue into bringing you on to the show. Oh, no worries. It's <laughs> very nice of you. It is uh, 21 pages, by the way. Is it? Yeah. I wrote 12. A little oh, you sure dyslexic, did. Maybe. I did. Thank you for correcting That's that. That's okay. Yeah. 21-page narcotic-infused family train wreck. 21 pages that may have about 12 characters in it, though, yeah. right? Yeah. There is nine characters <sighs> physically in it, and then two more with voiceovers. Yeah. There you go. One of the things for sure we want to talk about with you on this script is juggling so many different personalities and characters and knowing, you know, when to go away from one conversation and into another. That's that. But that's something we want to get into later. First, we want to get to know you first. Uh, You're here in studio with us, which is such a rare treat, assuming that means you are somewhere in the southwest Ohio, perhaps northern Kentucky, perhaps southeast Indiana area. I am a West Sider. Oh, mm-hmm. but West Side? I don't. Yeah, West Side. <laughs> but I do not live on the West Side now. I live uh, up in Trenton, Monroe area. Okay. So. Okay. Man, does that that West Side blood run deep with you? Oh, it runs. Really of course, deep. it does. Mm-hmm. Western mm-hmm. Hills High School. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Born and raised West Side. You move moved north. Then I guess is where Morrow is. Well, how long have you been writing? I've been trying to do this for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. What do you mean trying? What does that mean? Well, th- there's a difference uh, in the past two years than the many years before then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tried every which way you can think of to try to get a script on the silver screen. It's, so for you, it's not just about writing. It's about getting something actually produced. Oh, too. absolutely. Okay, it's sure. Like, what, what's the point? You know? Okay. Yeah. Well, if, it, if a tree falls in the forest, I get that. Right, sure. Right. Uh, so, but, so, but something, I guess maybe you you felt things changed in the last couple of years. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, I found actors Mm -hmm. and that was the key because everything I did before then it was, you know, I'm going to sell the script and Ah, I don't know how many, you know, writers will understand this. They've sent everything to producers. You get this nice, you get your work back in the mail with a big stamp on it that says, uh, you know, it does not take solicited mail, you know, and it's just like, oh, wow. You mm-hmm. know, you spend all this money, you know, mailing this stuff out and then you get all, most of them all back. Yeah. Um, That's disappointing. How long How long was that the thing for you? Uh, uh, for years, I, I did have an agent at one time mm-hmm. and he was supposedly getting close on one thing with yeah. a, a, a company that uh, Mimi Rogers owned way back when. Oh, wow. Early 2000s. So, but it, it, it never materialized, mm-hmm. you know, materialized, so. Mm. So, 
you found actors and then you realized, okay, I've got actors here. And did you just kind of take things into your own hands at that point? Well, it, it almost happened by accident because what I started actually doing, I, I joined a screenplay writing group. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest, like, you, you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But with me, screenplay writers are the worst critics, the worst people to say, here, read this, because it's competition. Yeah, okay. It's, you know, I'm not going to tell you your script is better than mine, you know. And so I fell into, uh, I actually, Kent Malloy had a class at UC. Kent Malloy, who was a guest of ours a while back with a script called Into the Sunset. Took a directing class of his, uh, which I I did miserably at, and um, I met an actress, I won't say her name because, you know. And so I followed Christina Lambert Yeah, and uh, I looked her up on Facebook and then she belonged to this uh, Cincinnati actor studio. And I was like, what the heck is this? Who's this guy that that leads it? Steve Francia. So that led me to talk to him. And and I thought, okay, he's got this acting class. So I said, well, can I just uh, come by and and watch? And no, you have to participate. Okay. No like, creepos allowed. Right. No, yeah, exactly. So I did it. I went and enjoyed it and met these great, wonderful actors, and, and it all took off from there. Because actors are the greatest thing. You give them a script, they're going to tell you yeah. if it's good, it's not good. And because you know, if they say, I want to do it, then you know yeah. it's good. Yeah. Huh. So, so now that, that, and that was a couple years ago. It was about two years ago, over, a little over two years ago. So now you you, you find you're sort of building, uh, you're building a crew. You you've had this produced then, by myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said, it started with actors, and then basically I, I wrote a script called Scraps, that I I did specifically because it would be an easy shoot. It would just you know I chose lo- would be locations you can easily do. And I started with with the lead. I started with the female lead, and and. Worked my way through the whole cast. We did a table reading eventually, and um, and finally shot a promotional video for it a, a few months ago. So. Mm, that's awesome! Congratulations. Oh, nice. In in terms of looking to uh, do fundraising and stuff. Exactly. Well, all the way back, you know, there were years where it wasn't going this great for you. Now you're you're nailing it. And before all of that, how did you start? defining and shaping your abilities as a writer i've read every single book from sid uh, field to you know manuals on it and and i've learned that it i used to go by the book kind of you know like oh you got to go by this and this because if they you know the first 10 minutes and all that stuff Mm. and it's like you know throw that stuff out just do your own thing have your own you know my thing is kind of, you know, they also tell you, no, don't put a lot of characters in it. That's difficult. <laughs> well, you know, a, a, another uh, kind of famous, not famous, but known person in Cincinnati told me once that she read one of my scripts and she said, it, it's it's all over the place. It's too much. And I was just like, oh, okay. But I didn't change, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like my niche. There's lots of really famous movies and plays with tons of characters. Of August Osage County is a huge thing. Right. And I hate to say it, but The Family Stone with Sarah Jessica Parker is another good one. Okay. Somebody and I were talking about that movie the other day. Anything that is a like a family yeah. coming together right. or splitting apart story has tons and tons and tons of moving parts. This is not something new. It right. is it is a real thing that happens in everybody's lives which is one of the things i like about this 
story okay. so much is that there's this family that is dealing with something here. I always think of uh, Robert Altman's MASH, the original yeah. film. Just the craziness and just so many people and then they're talking over each other. I mean, I just love that sort of thing and that's kind of where this is kind of inspired from. Well, is that like, Did you was your family like that? My family is nuts. <laughs> My family, this particular script, there's, uh, you know, it's 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 a little. Really? You could say it's it's based on that for sure. Well, what was it like growing up with your family? I grew up in a. Uh, my mother was Roman Catholic and my father was Jewish. <laughs> okay, that tells you anything. So that dynamic was certainly, you know. Now he he uh, converted because she made him. Okay, but he'd always tell me, you know, you know, um, when we go to church or some. Jesus, to, you know, he's, he's not the son of God, you know. I think that's the best antidote I've ever heard on this show. You're getting like that's the director's, amazing. you're like the director's commentary during mass. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. That's so good. You know, uh, so. That, that kind of confused me. No you know? kidding. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, you're, if you're a kid and you're just sort of taking all this in <laughs> yeah. and like you're going to church yeah. and here's this yeah. person of authority who's saying this one thing and then your dad is yeah. saying, eh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, not really. Not so much. It's bullcrap. Can we cuss on this or no? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's the internet. Yeah. We okay. always just say people will turn the show off if they don't okay. like it. <laughs> but, um, you know. Okay. He'd say bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit. You know. <laughs> and w- was it a big family that you came from? Um, Not necessarily, no. I had two sisters and a brother, a younger brother. Okay, well, that's uh, a decent four. size. Yeah, so four is good. My mother was, was crazy, basically. <laughs> well, she Obsessed was, and... Listen, she was a good West Side Catholic. Oh, she had her family of four and right. with the husband and bada boom. Exactly. So... Do you often draw on family experiences growing up as influences in in the things that you write? Certainly in the comedy things that I write, for sure, because it's just the best way to deal with, you know, the, you know, therapy's great, but, you know, making it funny is better. Mm -hmm. And then you take a little bit and then you just stretch it, you know, completely to crazy crazier i guess and and well and and i would i would think that some people would think that the act of writing and and working something out like that is sort of therapeutic in its own way absolutely i i'd, I'd be oh, there's no telling where i'd be i'd be on the street <laughs> you... down here begging for money with the sign <laughs> will write out my feelings right. yeah. <laughs> ask me about my west side upbringing <laughs> i rob write for food you know <laughs> well so how does this work then compared to some of the other things that you've written um i I've written uh, a Western, a violent Western, um, a crime drama. What's the difference between a Western and a violent Western? Well, you got your John Wayne Westerns, and then you have your Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah. More, you know, started the whole violent and thing. And Butch Cassidy ends with a shootout, but there's a yeah. whole lot of frolicking in the sunshine before yes. that happens. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Tarantino has kind of taken it to the next level you mm-hmm. know, in the past 10 years or so. so. Westworld is an intense, violent Western, mm-hmm. even though yeah. that's got robots in it, too. Yeah. But that one's insane. Yeah. So Westerns, uh, other sort of maybe action-oriented scripts that you've written? Uh, some of them, yes. I uh, did a melodrama mm-hmm. that had a little, like, musical thing with it, which was one of the first scripts I, I wrote that I actually finished. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some uh, tragedy in my life, so some of that definitely in the more serious work that I do uh, kind of goes in, in that that line. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and mm. then that's 
kind of like the same thing. Mm-hmm. So this is so this this script that you sent us. Don't call it a relapse. Sounds to me like it's a it's another card in 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 the deck in terms of things that you've written. It's you, there's there's you got clubs and the spades and hearts and this might be a diamond. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you love this script? I do because I, I I love how it came about. I love how it was. You know well, why I did it. Well, tell us those yeah, things. How, how did it? Um, Winter film, uh, someone asked me to write a script, and he came up with the, the storyline and all this and, and gave me the parameters, and I did it. Um, it was totally different than this, and uh, they couldn't find locations for it because it was a nursing home and a hospital and that sort of thing. And then call, he calls me, you know, and he says, oh, my God, we can't find locations. Can you, can you come up with a different script? You can come up with the idea and you can do whatever. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the subject matter was setback, as you know, mm-hmm. Kent does the, mm-hmm. the one, you know, thing you have to follow. And the first thing I thought of a setback was relapse. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then that's just how it got rolling. Then he called me back and said, no, forget it. We're going to go with what you, you know, whatever. And then they ended up changing it. Totally. Oh, you're kidding, but you already started this thing. Yeah. And I thought, well, screw this. I'm not, you know, I'm going to do something with it. Yeah. Do you find that you trust your guts and your instincts when you write like that? Everything. Yeah. It's energy. It just kind of takes hold of you. Absolutely. You get in a zone, you Mm -hmm. know. I always think it's fascinating how, like, one small spark, you're suddenly like, that's it. Okay, rolling with that. Yeah. You know, I see it happen a lot, and sometimes I feel it myself where you're suddenly just like, playing with my mind, going through my imagination, bing, boom, and then right. it just becomes something. And it, it meant to be only 10 pages because that's the, the, the thing with the winter, winter film. film. Yeah. But I was like, I got to go more it's than big, 10 pages. It's bigger than that. Yeah, so so uh, this because this is a script that has so many characters in it and you're dealing with uh, a character who is coming back from rehab and it's a family that has gotten together to say, hey, welcome back. We're, right. we're so proud of you and let's let's try to celebrate this moment. Because you are juggling so many different characters in the script, do you? What are some of your inspirations for some of these characters that you've gotten here? You've got Holden, who's uh, the brother of the guy who's about to come back, who's doesn't want to be there. Uh, there's Mom, who named all of her kids after old timey actors. Oh, I love that so much. You named them after. I, I'm going to find the lines and then yeah. I'll jump back in because those are. We're not going to get to read them in this. Yeah. Okay, I already found it. Rachel says, all of your kids seem to be named after Hollywood movie stars. And Claire, the mother, says, that's because I have culture. Yeah. I love that. Well, it, that's that's definitely from real life because my mother named me after a famous ballet dancer. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. When people look at me and my name, they think, oh, he must be from Russia or Ukraine or something. It's like, no. You... My mother was obsessed with things and she wanted to name me Boslov. No Did, kidding. That's, I mean, that's, that is kind of like extreme was there any weird pressure to get involved in dance or anything like that she made me go to dance class i was eight years old the girls would bite me when i tried to pick pick (laughs) them up and i hated it of course you did if people are biting you so i got into sports and stuff after that that really pissed her off (laughs) she she was done with me at that point Mm, i'm sorry that's okay so for this but so okay so if mom doing the thing with the names was was drawn on real life but as far as all these other characters go are you drawing from are they coming just out of an imagination do you have like a file of personalities in your head that you want to deal with at some point or are they real people yeah or are these Um, real people holden uh gable the two brothers and todd is like a little bit of me in each one Mm -hmm. okay something i take from each you know Mm -hmm. from me um 
I've been in trouble, be, not trouble, but you know, where you you know your family's got to take you in for a few weeks, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. you know that that kind of is a gable thing. Mm-hmm. I I do fancy that I, I do think of myself as kind of like the normal in my family. I could be wrong about that. I could be <laughs> the worst that. one. You know? I, I, I feel like everybody thinks that they're yes, the normal, normal one in their, one family. their family. It's so good. Oh man. Yeah, my family thinks I'm insane, and I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> you guys are on the other end looking in. <laughs> right. So, um, uh, McLean is, is and I've told my sister this, so mm-hmm. it's safe. You know, mm-hmm. she she converted to Christianity. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. You know, and she's always trying to convert me mm-hmm. and, and fails at it. So that's where, where that, yeah. that person comes about. Yeah. Um, so you are you don't you are drawing a lot from your experiences in real life and people that you've met and had relationships with. Yes, yeah, this particular one. Definitely. Yeah, for this script. Right. Well, why do you think this script pulled them all out of you? I just started rolling with it. I just started. I, I came up with okay, I need a, a relapse person, and I thought, wouldn't it be funnier if the relapse person never makes it there? Yeah, basically. So then that started, well, what kind of family can I have? Okay, got to have the mom, got to have the, the matriarch sister that's, you know, thinks that she's the shit, you know. And, and then the, the Todd character came about, as I said, a little bit of me because I lack some, some empathy and sympathy. At least that's what some women have told me, you know, basically. <laughs> okay. And then I have a friend who's also an actor, and his wife tells him the same thing, you know. He has no empathy. And so just took that and then just kind of just went way over the top with that. So did it did it feel like there were times when the the classic line about the, the script was sort of writing itself? Because as I was reading it, it felt like there were some of the times when some of the conversations felt like they just they flowed so well from either maybe two people talking and then into a different scene. It, it, it sort of felt like things were really well-rounded and these characters had really been very well developed in your head as you were writing them. Well, this is what I do. Any script I do. Now, granted, this is probably the first short film that I've ever pursued. And uh, so feature films, I mean, I, I have a system. I have like this crazy, I start with a storyboard and I absolutely uh, just do character, you know, build the characters and I put like, write down every single scene. We're going to go to this, we're going to go to that. I know the beginning, the middle and the end before I ever start writing it. And, uh, and basically just kind of think about it, write it down, think about it, write it down and just go from there. So when I start writing, I know exactly where I'm going. So um I want to I'm very curious. You know, you said you were given this prompt and the prompt was setback and mm-hmm. your response was ah, relapse. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I I might have to it might have to do with listening to some, you know, with the big heroin thing, not to make fun of heroin is good, but like how people were like overdosing in the parking sure. lots it's, of rehab or jail or something. It's, it's been in the news for years now, especially living where right. we do. And and so you, th- I then I think, okay, is this cool to do? So I asked somebody who who's been an addict or whatever, and they're like, oh yeah, because this is real life. Mm. Yeah, you know this family. Yeah, that's real life family stuff that you know people do get driven to that, you know, sort of thing. So you think just because you were kind of taking in your environment and taking in your world, it just kind of showed up for you? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It just hit. Just the ideas started popping in my head. Mm-hmm. So. 
Well, then it makes sense, too. Like you said, the, the idea that you want to focus on this family that's gathering and the, right. the, the person in question never even really shows up. Right. So it really is more of a family story, even though it's all yeah. sort of predicated on this, hey, welcome back from rehab kind right. of thing. Exactly. And I do love that they're because this is such a big topic for a family to deal with. It's it's one of those like big, heavy things that families have to go through sometimes. Right. And within that, it's funny because of how uncomfortable it is and how their dynamics work with each other. There is a lot of humor in this script that's dealing with a very big topic. Yes. So I think we should read from the script if you guys are ready for it. Um, Listeners, if you are following along, today we're going to be reading uh, a short selection between Eddie and Todd. It's going to be Todd and Holden. Todd and, I'm sorry, my notes are wrong and I was on the wrong thing. It's not like I do this all the time for the show or anything. (laughs) So we're starting on page six. Uh, We have Jack reading for Todd, Frank here reading for Holden, and then I will be doing all the action headings. And so this family's been sort of hanging out at home for a little bit. They are waiting for this uh, relative of theirs, Gable, to come home. He's just gotten out of rehab. One of their, I think it's Todd's wife, has gone to pick him up. She's the one who's not there and uh, Holden is Gable's brother and so this is Todd and Holden just sort of having a conversation by the food table off to the side. Does that make? Does that exactly. sound about right? Yep. Okay. It. Everybody ready? Okay. Todd continuing to eat sandwiches from his plate as he stands next to the card table. Holden holds a bowl of chips. Todd speaks to Holden. Did you know prosciutto is from the pig's hind leg and thigh? Holden gives Todd a peculiar look. No, I didn't know that, Todd. Holden pauses for a moment before talking again to Todd. Are you still a drug counselor at the methadone clinic? Todd shakes his head yes while chewing. I guess you could be some great help for Gable when she, when he gets home. Todd ignores what Holden said. He changes the subject. I actually prefer prosciutto wrapped around grissini. Holden ignores what Todd said. He keeps up with the subject. Gable can surely use a family member with your kind of knowledge when it comes to beating his addiction. Todd again ignores what Holden said. He keeps up with his subject. Grissini, if you didn't know, is a delicious kind of breadstick. Holden gives Todd a stern look. Todd, you're ignoring me about the nature of why we're here. My brother Gable? Oh, I don't like to talk shop when I'm away from work, Holden. I'm sorry. You don't like to talk shop? Well, what do you do for a living, Holden? You know what I do, Todd. I'm a salesman. Oh, that's right. You sell toilets. Plumbing supplies. Basically toilets. Imagine you had a really long day at work. Toilets, 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 all day long. You come home, you want to rest, right? Then I call you. I say, Holden, I need your help. My toilet doesn't work anymore. Would you want to help me? I'd love to help you. Holden pats Todd on the shoulder. Because you are my sister Fontaine's husband. Todd gives a smirk and then pats Holden on the shoulder. Well, then I guess you're a better man than me. Todd walks away from a stunned Holden. He starts eating from the table again. Holden is left speechless. And scene. At that point, as I was reading this script, uh, Vaslav, in my notes, I wrote down, oh, it's actually page nine when I wrote it down because I think Claire, the mom, had a really good line. But Claire and Todd are my favorite characters oh, okay. in this script by far. Todd specifically because of that scene where he just <laughs> wants to bullshit about food. And then the the toilet speech is so good. It's so funny. That's so good. Because, yeah, why he doesn't want to talk at work. This is a family function. Right. I want to do anything but talk about work right now. Exactly. And so, you almost couldn't do that as a methadone clinic person, you would think. Right. Yeah. But 
Yeah, so I guess, I, so basically, if we want to lay out a little bit what's happening, is that there is a family who's gathered together in a welcome home party, mm-hmm. which obviously sounds terrible. Right. For, yeah. go ahead. You, you got a couple younger cousins that are sort of sitting on the couch. Eddie, who's stoned, and the the cousin that's a on girl phone. is just texting the whole time. Holden's hanging out. He's not, he, he's, he doesn't want to be there. The opening shot was him pulling up in a car, resting his head on the driver's wheel, being knowing that he doesn't want to be there. Sister McLean is wanting to control everything. Mom's sitting off the side. Uncle Andy keeps trying to drink a beer. Right. I love that. You got all like, these. Stop. <laughs> you got all these personalities that are clashing, and it, it's going along, and it builds, and all of a sudden, you're waiting for Gable to show up. And he doesn't. We, we get a phone call. Correct. That he he and his girlfriend, which is a surprise to his girlfriend who's, who's waiting for him at the house, yes. um, have started, you know, using again in the parking lot outside the clinic and that she has overdosed and that there are cops there. Um, there's probably, you know, an EMT yeah. there. There's- Fontaine's maybe getting arrested as all this Fontaine, is going on. sisters is yep. not happy. Yeah. With the treatment Man. of her brother and, uh, and gets tased. Yeah. So... Yeah, because Fontaine went to pick her up, pick right. him up. Yeah. Oh, man. So we basically have a, a family gathering together in a tense situation. Their personalities clashing, a massive interruption mm-hmm. happening, and, as, and then fallout from that. And fallout from that, specifically with Damon, who is showing up to drop off pizzas, who sort of reads the whole family, the riot act at that point, in like a, here's what's wrong with you, here's what's wrong with you, you guys have messed this right. kid up, and how why, how are you acting like this, what's wrong with you, shake him by the collar, and he just sort of Grab storms the out. Yeah, you don't deserve these, <laughs> don't pizzas. Deserve these pizzas, I'm out of here. I love that line too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he basically does it for Holden. Yes. Holden's wanting to do it all this time and, and yeah. hasn't, and then as happy as, as can be because Damon did it. Yeah, and the, and it ends on a really specific thing that I, I, I'm i curious to, to ask you about in terms of maybe some of the messaging that you're looking to have in this script because it sort of ends with Holden going out onto the front porch and, and talking to Rachel, the, right. the girl who thought she was Gable's girlfriend who's right. been sitting with the family, taking a fairly decent amount of abuse from these right. rude relatives. That like, just, they're rude they're to rude. her. Yes. And she and Holden sort of had a moment early on when they were they, they were clearly attracted to one another, and Holden says, hey, let's, can you want to go get a cup of coffee or a drink or whatever? And I'm curious about one of the things that they're saying in the script about it's not a relapse, it's an opportunity to get better. Yeah. And right. the idea that this gathering that's gone so sour now, Holden at the end has decided to take it as an opportunity. Hey, you're, you seem nice. I like you. Let's take this opportunity to go somewhere and get to know each other. Yeah, the other sane person in the room right basically mm-hmm. he saves her and she's attractive enough to you know be kind of like ooh, hello mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then takes her outside and rescues her and then off they go yeah um yeah it, that's it, it's just kind of like it mirrors the, the opposite of what holden was going through in the beginning oh my god i don't want you know here i gotta deal with these crazies and he at least sees her like ooh, mm-hmm. and then He's happy as can be at the end. He's, a, he's probably a big, uh, you know, relief, basically. Yeah. So. I mean, why would he be super happy about getting a date with the girl if his brother's having, like, a massive crisis in a parking lot? Well, I think it, it. a lot of it had to do with his mother favors Gable for uh-huh. whatever reason. Oh, yeah. Enables him, which happens, you know, addiction and all that. Yeah. And so he's just kind of like, 
that kind of sucks for him. Yeah. So. I mean, he's probably over it. Right. You know. Gable's probably, no offense, but, a, you know, problem person. And it doesn't feel like this is Gable's first rodeo no, for sure. No, yeah. no, no. And here's Which is this... common with people who are addicts. You know, oh, their sure. family takes a lot of fallout from what's happening when they use. And here's this beautiful, nice woman who, like you said, is getting the shit kicked out of her mm-hmm. by these nutty people. And, it, you know, he's been there. Mm-hmm. So he's. He sees it as an opportunity. Exactly. And this whole idea, which the title is based off of, don't call it a relapse. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about that a little bit? Uh, well, you mentioned too about the song. Certainly, that had you know was in my head. You know? <laughs> Been L- here for years. LL Cool J. Yeah. Um, and I, when I do it, when I do something like this, I always there's always a line in in, a, in the script. And the same thing was with scraps. It's like okay, that means the when you're divorced and you go through horrible situation and you're left with scraps so somebody of course comes along and says it you know a a person and it's the same thing in this as i I started writing it i had the religious character mclean kept you know and you've heard people do this before don't call it you know it's it's not a mistake it's an opportunity Mm -hmm. to learn and to whatever right and it's just that kind of popped in my head and you know she says it twice but well it's said a few times more by a a couple other people Mm -hmm. and then she says it in that in the way of like it's not a it's an opportunity to find jesus Uh, so i kind of feel like this family party this welcome party is like the bottom of the barrel of the family you know like it's everybody who didn't have something else to do that don't really care (laughs) that's why holden doesn't want to be there. well and in mclean's husband is talked about he's yeah there's some cryptic hinting of what's going on that clearly there's cracks in that facade for sure exactly he's not there he's away on business and somebody sort of hints yeah but i thought and then it just gets completely brushed over exactly the way families do Mm -hmm. exactly you know say a little snippet walk away before it gets too personal Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah welcome to the midwest yeah ohioans okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know so one of the things i also really enjoyed about this script vaslav was that the it's always so tricky when you're writing dialogue that has to be expository when you be and especially because you've got so many characters in this and you need to somehow communicate to the audience what their relationships are whether they're married to one of the blood relatives or whether they're an uncle or whatever and i think that you did a really really good job of not having it sound so stilted the way expository dialogue can like you know going out of your way to call someone uncle so and so or right. you know you're my sister's husband like it's it sells really well because it's it's rooted in the moment of whatever the conversation is and i think it, it plays really well when i was reading it well thank you that's yeah. that's really tough to do and then when you film it it you, it they shape it even better yeah let's because, talk about filming yeah yeah we filmed it on uh this past saturday on the- oh no Ooh. kidding yeah <laughs> um the funny thing was i uh, when we when i did scraps the scraps promotional video I like to work fast. I don't like wasting people's time. And plus, I when I do something, I have a vision. I'm not one of those people, though, that, that you've got to say it exactly how right. the script goes, which I'm sure most people, whatever. And I give freedom. And when you give freedom and you have great, wonderful actors, you just let them go, you know. And so everyone kept saying, oh, you're not going to be able to shoot a 21, you know, minute Short film in a day in six hours. I was wondering about that too. And, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm, we, we go quick. And I 
send stuff out, you know, every day, like, hey, this part, this part, just get them to where they're they're absorbing the, the script every day and, and had meetings and all that. So when we got there, everybody was ready. We did have a little hiccup, but it ended up getting fixed. And then we ended up getting done. So right. so you directed this also? Yes. Wow. Yes. Well, what was that like then? We, we talked before with people about the collaborative process, and you said you, you you don't mind if somebody maybe wants to bring their own flavor to the table to a character. Exactly. Because, as I said, if you, you know the people, you've seen their work, um, like Uncle, I'm going to use Uncle Andy as, as an example, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Walker. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Just fabulous older actor mm-hmm. and I, I've worked with him before in class and, and, and other things and I just knew he could bring it mm-hmm. and he took that character and he, he did exactly what you you know is in the script and then he just carried it even farther and he added so much different you know I, I, I didn't want to ever say cut when yeah. he was doing it I was just like wow just keep going you know mm-hmm. so it's probably like 24 minutes of- <laughs> so. that's got to be such a fantastic feeling as someone who mm-hmm. took the time to put the thought into these characters and really plan out the way you want the story and knowing that it's also based on people that you actually know and then to be in this setting when you're shooting it and then have somebody come along who adds even more to what you were doing oh absolutely that's got to be so cool yeah it's funny it started when i started doing all this uh, the movie stuff I never wanted to direct. I thought, I can't direct something. Who the hell am I to direct something, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I'm barely an actor. I'm barely whatever. And then I hired somebody to do this or that, and I, you know, fired them because they, did, they weren't doing what I wanted them to do, and then somebody else didn't work out, and I just finally said, screw it. I guess I just got to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And I probably had to do it. I'm a bit of a control freak. So that kind of creates a problem. That helps be a director. <laughs> I guess. And, uh, and I'm lucky to have a great uh, uh, DOP um, in Jake Reynolds, who's just as crazy as me. So it just works out. Mm-hmm. He, he handles all the technical stuff, which I have no freaking clue about. Mm-hmm. So. When you guys, you know, with all these different conversations that are happening and all the different moments that are going on in this room in the script... It's, you know, there are people in a small space together, but each little vignette feels very different. And when you were filming, I'm just curious if you would shoot, let's say, all the two couch kids. You right. would shoot all of their stuff at once and then flip the camera exactly. from there. That's yeah. What we did. So you would just yeah. have to really track like camera movement on and off of them based right. off of the scenes that came before and after. Yeah, basically we, we got three parts of a living room. Mm-hmm. And a living room's not that big. Mm-hmm. Just big enough for it to, if you're filming this, one of them, the other one's not going to be anywhere near it. Yeah. Right. So it, it was, you know, I kind of positioned it that way. I wrote it that way because it's exactly how. Um, when we did the Scraps promo video, we had a big dinner scene. It was eight people at a table eating. Mm-hmm. Passing food down. Oh, man, yeah. And we got it done. It worked out, but it was so hard. Yeah. You know, it's That's a like, lot of choreography. Right. Yeah. So um, I thought, I need I need to simplify this since it's a short film and since, you know, I want to get it done quickly. So I need to simplify this. Let me put nine characters <laughs> <Yeah>. in it, <laughs> two off stage, or I guess maybe three off stage. And then some cops too. Right. <laughs> simple, right. simple. Yeah. <laughs> so you just you said you just shot this like a couple days ago. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's fantastic. Are you planning how how involved are you planning on being in the editing process? Um, right now, Jake, the DOP, uh, the director of photography, is he's basically editing it right now, and uh, 
I, I'm probably, I mean, if I need to go and, and check it out, but I, I trust him. Okay, because uh, one of the things that I that occurred to me as I was reading this too was that, I mean, obviously the idea that editing is going to play a really big role oh, yeah. in the way the tone of this goes, yeah. but for this script for sure, I mean, you, honestly, with even though there's, there's very funny dialogue in here, this could be cut in a way that comes off as extremely tragic. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's... There's a lot of cuts. That's the thing. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of splicing and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, but we'll see how it turns out. And, yeah. and how are you feeling about how the shoot actually went? How the execution was? Um, again, with with the the hiccup that we had, uh, one of the actors' uh, car broke down basically, and no, no fault of his own, and so it kind of delayed things. So, I've, if that didn't happen, again, not his fault, but it would have been a lot smoother because mm-hmm. some people had to be out at a certain time so mm-hmm. they had to hurry up and do them real quick okay they're gone mm-hmm. let's do you know and then uh we had a little problem with the sound guy had to leave but we were able to we did close-up things with the camera after that with mm. the microphone mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, creativity right so it, it, it was good it, it people were a little tiny but i can tell like we went through that Middle of the shoot, people started getting stressed, which I hate because it's like, we're doing this for fun, you know? Yeah. This is a good time. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, we're, you know, this is going to be a shit show, and oh, my God. And then, and then once everybody started doing it, the scene that you did with Holden and Todd, the, the crazy part is you would think that would be the scene. It's like you'd have to do ten cuts. Mm-hmm. They did that on the first take. Oh, no kidding. On the first take, mm-hmm. they just boom. Because when we were doing the two, the stoner and and the, and the, the cousin that doesn't talk, they were in there just banging it out mm-hmm. together. Just, yeah. So. Well, that's nice that you were able to get like actors that were willing to do that work off to the side when there was an, when there was a focus on something else. Oh, absolutely! That's you had huge. People outside talking to themselves and I love it. In circles, actors and, always look insane. Yeah, they look like zombies. <laughs> they you know, look like, insane. <laughs> but for the fact that I mean, you're hiring. You said you hired strangers, right? You were able to just to no, develop no, these, these. Well, some of them strangers. Some of them people I, I've known. Some of them I've I've worked with that I I you like Sigmund Maley who okay. plays Damon. I, I won't ever do a movie without him, mm-hmm. basically. It's kind of like he's my, uh, like, the equivalent of Woody Allen's Tony Roberts mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, Steve Buscemi for the, the Coen brothers. Yeah, or he's your Jason Muse or something. Right, yeah, right. sure. So, um, so I, you know, with him, I worked with Matt, of course, before, so I know. Matt Steinman, right. whom I work with in the radio here exactly. in Cincinnati, yeah. Um, and a couple other people, I, I've watched their films before, and I've always wanted to work with them, so it was kind of like, hey, you want to do this? And it's almost like pure connection, yeah. you know, so. And then they all just, I mean, there wasn't a bad actor in a bunch. Not That's that I so would good. say that if there was, but there really, really was Yeah. Well, what are your plans for the short now? Yeah. Well, we're going to try to get it finished for this, um, what is it called? <laughs> um, wait a minute, hold on. Oh, is it is it an up and coming uh, film festival? Uh, hot film festival. Wait, wait, uh, the starts best with a C. <laughs> so ends with a T. I've never heard of it. Yeah. It sounds it sounds hip as hell, Vaslav. Because <laughs> last year I uh, I was as you know I was nominated for I yeah. a script then and it was nominated or it was a fine I don't know what mm-hmm. you call it and I thought man I got to do better than this. Oh, you look know? at you! So, Way to go. Um, and I was at, you know, and attended all three days and watched these incredible, absolute incredible, incredible films. Incredible movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And met these incredible people and connected. And I thought, I've got to get my shit together. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited that you had such a great experience oh, at yeah. last year's Absolutely. festival. 
Are you looking to maybe to like try to do a festival circuit with this in, in general outside of Cincinnati? Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. If you yeah. know, if, if if she says, "Oh God, that sucked," and doesn't you know, <laughs> doesn't present. Well, it. we do have a. We, there is a band There's, of adjudicators that'll yeah, be. There are. Right, well, yeah. I, I didn't mean just you, but you know, like oh, God. I could say that, and everyone else could be like, Allison. Shut up. This is an incredible movie. Did you see the shadows and the horrible sound <laughs> in that thing? Whoa. Well, and lots of film festivals program differently, too. Right. You know, yeah. so, like, there's just so many opportunities right. out in the world for short films. Right. It's exciting. It is. It is. And, I, again, I thought I never, ever would do a short film. Yeah. So you're just starting with this piece and then right. seeing what happens seeing out of that. Happens. One piece at a time, right? Yeah, sure. Exactly. I'm all about yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm still working on the scraps thing. That, that is yeah. We're waiting on a, we did film a pitch video mm-hmm. that's being edited, so mm-hmm. we're putting that together. That's yeah. awesome. Well, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you about your work, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I don't have a website or anything like that, I'm sorry. but um, Email or any email, kind of social media? Exactly. Uh, Boslov J. Rice, we'll have to spell that. Mm-hmm. V is in Victor, A is in Apple, S is in Sam, L is in Lion, A is in Apple, V is in Victor, J is in Jerry, Rice, R-I-C-E, like the food, at gmail.com. There That's we go. awesome. Voslov J. Rice at gmail.com. Yeah. And I'm on Facebook, um, so you can, you know. Find you up. on there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing so much about this story and all the cool stuff that you're doing with us. Oh, no worries. Yeah. Thank really, you. thanks thank for your you. work. Thank you for your time. Thank you for staying up so late to record oh this gosh. with us. It's yeah. Fun. Yeah. We appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. That was awesome. Well, there we go. That was awesome. There's, I, seriously, I'm so glad that we got to do that scene with Todd and the Holden. Prosciutto. Because, yeah, between the prosciutto and when he gets into that toilet. <laughs> all day. Toilets, toilets, toilets. Did Frank not nail that part? Frank was tonight? perfect he as was Holden. He was on it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because being the guy that doesn't want to deal with whatever weird nonsense Todd's bringing to the yeah. table is sort of Frank and my relationship in a nutshell. He, yeah, Frank's like, can you guys stop, please? And mm-hmm. we're like, we're the bread and butter of the show, Frank. Deal with us all the time. <laughs> uh, if there's a weird relationship uh-huh. that you find yourself dealing with on a regular basis, and if you have turned that into ru- a screenplay, then you should send it to us. Because we definitely want to read it. And you should you can do that by going on to scriptshopshow.com slash submit. You should also look us up online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We love talking to people online about the stuff that we're reading and the things that we're talking about, whether it's themes or writers or screenplays or movies. There's There's... A wide variety of things that we like to chit chat about. So I'm your bestie, Westy, on Twitter. Also, ladies and gentlemen, if you can go on to Allison's Twitter account in the not too distant future, you will find a video of Baby Olive Ooh, driving a car, driving a little like Power Wheels electric car she's with the amazing. button on the handle. This is like, she's it's one. So good. It's, she's one. She's 16 though. That's the <laughs> thing. She's 16. And she's so happy to be driving that thing. And like sometimes when she takes her finger off the button and the thing stops, you hear her still making the, eh, <laughs> the car noise. She's so excited to be driving. <laughs> no. It's I so think, good. I think she's mimicking the noise that the car is making. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if she was just maybe overcome with happiness of <laughs> the freedom of, of the open she road. She could be. She can't tell me exactly what it is. And even if she could, maybe she doesn't want to. So It's so good. And that's one of the many reasons why you should follow us. Allison at... Uh, Your bestie, at, Westy. And I'm at Script Shop Jack. And we'd love to see you there. We would love to talk to you. Oh, gosh. That was a great interview. Yeah. Okay. Until next time, listeners, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West. Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening. Show, show.